Praise God. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get it out. If you have a Bible app on your phone or device, go ahead and fire that thing up. And uh, amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you know where that is. If you are new with us, we're so glad that you are here. And that God has been and will continue to work in your life. If you'll look to him in this service, he is the teacher, he is the guide, he is our helper. And that we've been teaching in a series. And so just to bring you up to speed, it's called Life in the Spirit. I typically will teach uh, most of the time, not always, but most of the time I'll teach things in series. And uh, each part will stand alone and also build upon the, the previous messages. And so... Uh, let's just jump right into this and, and uh, we'll start from the same place again. Second Corinthians chapter 4, notice for, with me verse 16. It reads, therefore do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far exceeding, a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So when we speak about life in the spirit, of course, another way to say that is life in the unseen realm. You are both a seen, visible, physical person and, and really even more so, an unseen spiritual person. Yeah, And God, the, the scripture tells us, is spirit. Jesus himself said, God is spirit, right? And so if I don't know anything about spirit and all I know about is body and flesh and material things, then, uh, then I'm going to miss out on this, the, 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 the stuff that God designed for me to walk in and live in and enjoy. I've got to keep my eye on spiritual things. What we just did moment, moments ago in, in, in praying and ministering and releasing healing and miracles is a spiritual activity. Why in the world would you naturally do that? Naturally speaking, you're saying, give me a shot. Give me a pill. Cut this thing off of me, <laughs> right? That would be a natural approach to a physical problem. There is a spiritual approach, and it is, it is only accessed by those who have learned the ways of God, learned the ways of the Spirit. And they're available to everyone, but sometimes when you learn spiritual things, your life just gets better. I tell you what, amen. Praise God. How, how, many, how many of you can, uh, just, since, just in the last few minutes here, you can say something changed in my body uh, when we prayed or from the time we prayed since till right now. Lift your hands up in the air if you can identify change in your body. Wow. There are hands all over the place. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Say, so how did you do that? Well, uh, we're not licensed to practice medicine here. <laughs> so, so we're not giving any drugs out. Uh, but we do know that God loves people. We do know about what Jesus did. And he, what he provided for us was spiritual in origin, spiritual in nature. But it produces physical, tangible results in people's lives. Amen. I know people, and I'm, getting, I'm not even on my message yet. But uh, uh, people are often in the world, and maybe that fits someone who's, uh, this is your mentality today. But they're always looking for proof of God, evidence of God. And of course, for those of us who know him, 
uh, we want to like say, uh, excuse me, have you opened your eyes? And I don't mean that in a rude way, but I mean, it's like, he's so real to me and he's, it's so, so evident. Uh, but that I want proof of God. There's so many ways which you could answer that question, but one of them is, is basically just what we're doing here. We're giving attention we're, to him. We're taking him at his word. We're acting on and doing what he tells us to do. The evidence then shows up. The evidence shows up and all of a sudden a deaf ear opens up and, it, and they can hear. I know people, I don't even believe in that stuff. Stick around. You, you'll be confronted with a problem. Meaning your beliefs will be undermined by, by physical reality. Because, why? Because there are enough people around that do believe. And their believing produces results. I'm all for a good mental argument, you know. But you know what I mean? I love to, I love to have a, a logical, you know, approach to a debate and everything. And I'm, and I'm happy to do so. And I actually preach from that perspective a lot of times. But that is not the only way to verify the reality of God. There, are, there is so much of the reality of God that is to be experienced in believing, meaning the believing produces a literal changed life. It produces something that is not logical, punch it up on the calculator results. Amen. And in our day and age, people don't even think about it like that because we're so educated. We're so We're so smart. But, you know, going back decades and going back centuries, people didn't always approach God that way. Maybe because there were times when people had less education, but in times past, people would look at results. Well, if you believe this, what does it produce? And I think there's some real validity to that. I think you can look at it from both sides, but that's kind of my uh, driving force. I want something that works. I want to see a real God who works in our lives. And if I can't experience him personally, I don't have any business talking about him. See, that puts the pressure on you. I know it does. <laughs> I can't be faking. There's no phony baloney. It's either I know him or I don't. And if I don't, I'm shutting up. Amen. I do have a message. It all, it all kind of blends in, but I'm really inspired today. I mean, there's just a, a, a wonderful presence of the Lord here, like there often is, uh, but I tell you, God's doing amazing things. Uh, we, we, we've identified that some of the differences between a spiritual person and a carnal person is, remember, carnal is flesh, fleshy, so a spiritual person versus a carnal person is the spiritual person lives from the inside out, whereas the carnal person lives from the outside in. All right. If I want to have a true relationship with God, I need to stop looking out there for him to do something for me and start looking inwardly for him to work in me. Okay. The spiritual person recognizes God works in us. All right. Uh, you might recall uh, Philippians 2 and verse 12. We read that, but the last part of that verse um, states, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What do we do with our salvation? We work it out. Why? Because it's in. And what's in needs to be worked out. You receive salvation by faith and instantly, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you are born again. You're born from above. God's life goes in you. All of his grace and power and ability, every one of his promises is given to you on the spot in a moment, right? What do we do from there? We start working it out. 
And if we don't ever get it out, then we continue to live from the outside in. And we're always looking for God to do something for us. Oh, God, come to me. God, help me. Come rescue me, Lord. He is your rescue, but he's on the inside. He is your healer, but he lives on the inside. He's your provider, but he's on the inside. And so we look to that relationship. Amen. And so if we live in the if live life in the spirit, we don't need laws to govern our behavior. All right? This is um this is a better way to do life with God. When I say we don't need laws, I'm reflecting on what I taught you previously already. Uh, but it is His original design that we have a relationship with Him. It's spiritual in nature, but we are not governed by external rules. We're governed internally by His Spirit. And, and this is a huge upgrade from the Old Covenant. And I said this to you before, but... Uh, and I, you know, I do things different in the different services on Sunday, but if we are living, I'm, I'm looking, uh, basically, if you look in your Bible about there to there, this is where a whole lot of, a whole lot of people live. And this much of our Bible was not written directly to us. It was written directly to the people that lived during that time. I don't mean it's not inspired. I don't mean it's not of God. I don't mean I don't learn from it. I don't mean I don't use it. I don't mean there aren't prophet, prophetic words that apply to our day. But you understand, this was a period of time when people were totally living from the outside in. Okay? In other words, they were given laws to govern their behavior. Don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and make sure you do this and make sure. And the list went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It was never God's design. He wanted it to be more like this part. That's Genesis. And then ultimately get to this part, which is us, which is after Jesus was raised from the dead, where we would be governed from the inside out. We would live spiritual lives, not just trying to live naturally and, and, and have our behavior curbed by all the different laws. Amen. Look, look with me, if you would, at Hebrews. Take a right turn from where you were. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews, the eighth chapter. And, and this is a quotation, actually, from um, Old Testament, you know, uh, prophets, so we can see there is that blending of how these things all work into our lives. But, but in, in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, it, it speaks of our day and how God wants to relate to us. He said in verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. What, what do you mean? on their minds and on their hearts, as opposed to Moses getting the, the Ten Commandments on the tablets. Of course, we wouldn't write on stone today, right? Except for that yard sign, the Johnsons live here, you know, or whatever. But, but we, we write on paper, but he's still not, that's still not the way. He said, I'm not giving you my laws in a book. He said, in that day, and that's talking about our day, this is prophetic to our day, in that day, I'm going to write on your mind. I'm going to write on your heart, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none, of, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for, they shall, uh, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. 
So this is talking about those who have entered into the new covenant, those who have been born again into the family of God. We all have something written inside of us. Amazing. But the day you bowed your knee and made Jesus, if you have done this, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God deposited his spirit on the inside of you so you can start living a spiritual life. It's a huge upgrade. Like I said, but God reveals himself to us from the inside. He will show himself to us personally. That's why when, when we want to know what to do, when we want to learn about him, we should not just look to other people. All right. There's no doubt that God uses individuals. He's using me at this moment and helping us to think like him and receive from him. But if we're just looking to a human being, we're missing the point of the new covenant. The new covenant is he's in you. He writes on your own heart. And so that relationship is accessed equally by every single person. You don't need to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. You just need to be saved. And if you've received the Lord, then he is guiding you from the inside. He's teaching you. But the more you'll give your attention to the teacher, the more you'll be taught. All right. John said that this way. It's in 1 John chapter 2. He said, you don't need any man to teach you. He said, but the anointing teaches you. The anointing, what's that? That's the power of the Spirit. If you're getting anything out of this today, the, it's really not me. I'm just a vessel, but it's the anointing that is teaching you. You know that. I mean, you can, you can listen to someone try to teach without an anointing, and yikes, it doesn't bring spiritual advancement. But when there's an anointing, when the Spirit of God is on, on a person, when the Spirit of God is even in your own prayer room, your own prayer closet, as we say, well, you can learn things firsthand. Um, this, this Bible that we, that we use um, should be read with the intention of getting closer to God. Not, not read this to, to build our theological argument. Not, be, not read this so I've got another bashing tool <laughs> to tell people who are doing it wrong how to do it right. It, it's, it's designed as a tool, not the end result. Like we said this before, the end result isn't, I have a wonderful relationship with this book. But the end result is I have a wonderful relationship with the author. I have a wonderful, and if I can use these scriptures to draw myself to him, then that would be ideal. Read to know him, not read to memorize. Nothing wrong with memorizing, but that's not the goal. Not read just to, uh, to go through a religious ritual. I've got to read my Bible and pray. Get my time in. Check it off my list. It's on my, read your Bible. Read, you know. No, know him. Read to know him. Sometimes, sometimes you get to know him, you read, and then you get really still and quiet, and you let the Spirit of God instruct you from the inside out. It's what he wants to do. It's his design. You see, Old Covenant commandments, remember that part of the Bible, Old Covenant commandments were, uh, they were, they were very detailed, what you should eat and and where you should worship, and how you should, how you should do this, what, what not to eat. The new covenant, okay, this is since Jesus was raised from the dead, 
is more about principles. It's, it's more about um, principles than specific instructions. And I don't mean there aren't New Testament commandments. There are. But it's more so not about defining every minute of your day and giving you every detail of what to do and what not to do. And it's more about learning to have a relationship with the Spirit who will help us day by day in everything. In other words, we're, we're, we're led by this, this one law called love. It's our guiding principle. It helps us to discern and judge what to do and what not to do, how to live our lives. But in the new covenant, it is more about principles and basically teaching us how to manifest God's love. I hope that, hope that makes sense. Um, uh, the old covenant, again, dealt primarily with outward behavior, but the new covenant looks at motives of the heart. Why are you doing what you're doing? Say, well, I'm, at least I'm in church. You're, seriously, dude, come on into the new covenant. I'm not telling you don't come, but I'm saying, why do you come? And the reason we lift our hands, the reason we sing, the reason we draw near to him, that, that's, that's more of an issue. It's more of what God really intended. Uh, you might be familiar with Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. I want to take a look at that. Uh, we'll put it up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Notice this language here. It reads, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, everybody say has, blessed us, so we're not trying to get him to bless us, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so this references the fact that God's blessings are already given, we're not trying to get them, he has already blessed us, okay, everybody got that? I know sometimes people read the language, though, and they get, con- they get concerned and confused about the whole spiritual blessings and heavenly places, and somehow uh, the enemy will use a lack of understanding and confusion, confusion to keep people in doubt and unbelief. Well, that's a spiritual blessing, so it's not something that really affects my life. Nothing could be further from the truth, okay? The fact that God's blessings have already been given but that they have been given to us spiritually is a huge benefit, all right? What do I mean? Well, the blessing of God, let me say it this way, spiritual blessings do not exclude healing, financial provision. It does not exclude wisdom to know how to live our lives and and those type of things or material blessings. It just shows us where they come from. He's blessed us with spiritual blessings, meaning they come from and by the Spirit. If they are from and by the Spirit, then the good news is uh, they can't be taken away. Why? Because they're in the Spirit. Well, so-and-so got my, my, my pay raise. They can't get yours. It's in the Spirit. Well, I wasn't in there, and I didn't, you know, I missed, I missed, I was out in the bathroom when you did the prayer for the sick earlier, and now I missed my healing. Your healing's still there. Why? Because it's in the Spirit. And, does that make sense? And God has already blessed you with it, so we're not trying to get Him to do it. 
it already exists. As much as Jesus is raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, your spiritual blessing has been given. It is in Christ. And if I am in Christ, I am highly blessed and highly favored and highly anointed. Yeah. That's where these spiritual blessings are. So it means they can't be taken away. And it just shows me where they come from. That's why God works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's why Ephesians 3.20 said, uh, said that... Uh, uh, what does it say? <laughs> He, and, and God is able to do, thank you, exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What's that? A spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessings are intended to change physical realities. They're intended to produce finances in your life. They're intended to produce health and joy and peace and longevity and wisdom and, and all the good things of God. It's a spiritual blessing. It was given when Jesus was raised from the dead. Everything is contained in that. When I understand this truth, the devil can't rob me of God's blessings anymore. It's like, you can't take that away, dude. It's in the Spirit. Amen. And I can access the things of the Spirit at any time by faith. I can say, Father, I thank you for this. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen! And boom! It comes out of the Spirit and into the physical world. I know that was an oversimplification, but that is basically how it works. Have you ever seen uh, an individual who was very wealthy and they lost everything they had? And uh, you know, through, through whatever, whatever reason, but they lost their great success and their great wealth. And then, and then a few years later, all of a sudden they had it back. I mean, different money and stuff, but you know. And then, and, and there have been individuals who have done that more than once. Where something happens, maybe their industry goes south or whatever, something happens bad and they lose everything. And then in a few short years, they're back again. All of a sudden they're highly successful in the financial world again what's up with that? And then someone else wins the lottery. <laughs> and you know the stories there, the, the vast majority of those lose everything they win. And, if, you know, five years down the road, what, you had a hundred million? How is that even possible to lose a hundred million? But it happens. And some of them, it ruins their lives and everything else, Right? You got one person, they get, they get hit with a downturn or a hardship, and they're back in a little while. Another person, it goes just the opposite. Why? It's because one is getting it from the outside in, and one is getting it from the inside out. When a person has the, has the wherewithal internally, it's called inward prosperity, inward success, uh, they're able to bounce back no matter what happens in life. That's why our goal should not be to acquire things. Our goal should be to get things inside. I want to develop inwardly in my relationship with God, and I want to develop inwardly as a person, a person who lives from the inside out. No circumstance can take it away. Well, you can't control everything that happens. No, but I, I don't have to because I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I must believe that no matter what happens to me in life, that God on the inside of me is greater than he who's in the world, and I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to come back from whatever comes my way. It's a permanent blessing. 
It's fixed and it's final and it's settled and it's complete and it's abundant beyond our comprehension. He's the God of more than enough and he blessed us with everything. Yeah. But if I just live a natural life, a carnal life, all I see is the physical realm, I'm missing life in the spirit. It's so much better. I I was looking at different terminology that we see in scripture about being in the spirit. See, it's different from this other part of the Bible where you don't see this language too much. But in the new covenant, since Jesus was raised from the dead, he sent his Holy Spirit. We see this verbiage over and over and over and over and over and over again. Let me give you some examples. All right. The scripture says, go ahead and put that up. We can be, oh, it's transparent. Look at that. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) We We are told to be filled with the spirit and led by the spirit and strengthened by the spirit empowered by the Spirit. We are to walk in the Spirit. We are to worship in the Spirit. We are to pray in the Spirit. We are to live in the Spirit. We are to be born of the Spirit. We are to speak in and by the Spirit. You see how once you come into the new covenant, the verbiage changes. The verbiage changes from it's me trying my best It's me working my hardest. And I don't mean those aren't noble values, but I'm saying the blessings of God, you can take that away, the the blessings of God don't manifest that way. Oh, I see people taking pictures. Go ahead and put them back up. (laughs) We used to write things down. Now we take pictures. (laughs) I'm all about that too. (laughs) Just leave it up for a second, I guess. Uh, (laughs) um, But this is God's ways being substituted for man's ways. The prophet Zechariah used this verbiage. All right, now you need to change it because I got another verse coming. <laughs> Zechariah 4.6, 4, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Well, what do you mean might or power? Well, that would be natural by the strength of armies and, and, and natural efforts. He said, that's not how you're going to win. You're going to win by my spirit. When you come into the new covenant, that's how we do everything. And I don't mean to, to imply that this is somehow against working hard. I mean, if I lift up something, if I lift 100 pounds, it feels just as much like 100 pounds to me as it does someone who's not saved. Right? <laughs> I don't mean that we don't give full effort and and work hard and be diligent in in what we put our hands to. That's a godly characteristic and quality. But there is something about spiritual blessings that doesn't come from me expending effort. It comes by me having a relationship with a spiritual being, with God who loves me, who indwells me, who strengthens me, and I get my joy from Him. I get my peace from Him. He's the one who answers my prayer. And too many times we're just, we've put off spiritual realities to the end and we put them off till heaven and that we are supposed to be spirit led and empowered all of our days and not substitute human effort or even man's program. You know, there was a, an an old time preacher, I've used this many times in our Bible school, uh, was reminded of it recently, uh, uh, a preacher named A.W. Tozer. And he, he made this, this statement. This, uh, he said, if the Holy Spirit 
was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. And what we've done to, to our detriment in our day is we've become too heady, too mental. And I don't mean, we're not talking about checking your brain at the door. We can approach God that way, but we can be too reliant on what we've figured out and what we know, and we're striving to, to, to understand everything. And sometimes we just need to sit back and say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe in your spirit who indwells me, who empowers me, who teaches me, who guides me, who orders my steps aright. I believe that it is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me now and makes alive my mortal body. I want to encourage you to engage in spiritual activity as much as possible. Intentionally. Meaning, we, we're going to engage in natural stuff. We get up, we shower, we eat, we work, we mow the lawn in the summer, and, uh, you know, we put up trees and all kinds of... We have to be intentional about spiritual involvement. As much as you can, get in environments like this. As much as you can, get in a, get in a discussion Take this to lunch or brunch or whatever you do after the early service. Take this message to lunch with you. Take it to your home. That's why we do life groups. We need to talk about spiritual things. Why? We're engaging our spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. I must engage spiritually on purpose. Let alone, of course, the you know, pray, times of prayer and worship. That, those are spiritual activities. But we, the difference is we take it from I'm singing a song to I'm connected to a spiritual God who lives in me. Amen. It's different. This is not just a, just, not just a talk where I'm just communicating my latest thoughts. I'm endeavoring to awaken spiritual senses within you. Awaken a reality of God who loves you and empowers you and walks with you every single day. So when you go to your job uh, t tomorrow, you're going with the wisdom of the Creator inside of you. With the strength of the Lord that says, you can do this. You've got my joy and my victory in your life. And if you're conscious of that, you're never alone. Paul wrote to the Galatians and said, in, in chapter 3 and verse 3, he said, are you so foolish? <laughs> Uh, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, what do you mean you began in the spirit or you begun in the spirit? You were saved. You were born again, not by works of righteousness, not by obeying all the commandments. You received the Lord by faith and said, Jesus, I believe in you. And you were born again. He said, what are you doing? You start there and now you move on to fleshly stuff. You're going to be perfected. He said, stay with the Spirit. Keep a life in the Spirit. This is the way that we are to do things. I know years ago, I, I was involved in, in different camps for, for youth and kids and so forth, and uh, uh, meaning summer camps and winter camps and so forth. And, and we'd go in the mountains, and sometimes there'd be uh, just tremendous moves of God 
I mean, just the power of the presence of God would manifest in such a strong way. And sometimes you see individuals get out of their own selves. And, and these kids, children and youth, they would shout and they would praise God and they would dance. And sometimes the Spirit of God would come upon them and they'd run. Woo! Like Elijah, remember Elijah ran, outran the chariot when the Spirit of God came on him. And sometimes it was powerful, it was not contrived, it was not, uh, you know, they were not told to act that way, it's just worship God and He moves. I think heaven's an exciting place too. But I remember going back there years later, and I was part of that, and, and visiting that same event, and they would start the music, as soon as they started the music, you know, like for worship, as soon as they hit a fast beat, about 100% of the kids would run in a circle. They would all run. And they all ran around until the song stopped. <laughs> now, they were having fun, and no one knew it. But on the inside, I was grieved. I'm thinking, you've substituted something here. I know it was God in the past. I know there was some outstanding demonstrations of God. But now you've turned it. That's what human beings, we do all day long. God moves once, and we build a religion out of it. You, you look at most of the big denominations in our country. They started off in revival. They started off in great outpourings and miracles and signs and wonders. And God did outstanding things and people's lives were turned around. And many of them today, they are so dead. They're, many of them have left the gospel at completely. They've just become humanitarian organizations. There's no spirit of God there at all. And I want to make sure I don't fall into that trap. I can't just point my finger and say, don't do that. What about me? Am I walking in the Spirit? Am I praying in the Spirit? Am I worshiping in the Spirit? Am I speaking in the Spirit? Am I living a spiritual life or has it become a religious life? Everybody okay today? This is really tremendous, especially for a first service. I mean, the manifestation of God in, in, on me as I'm speaking to you today is really strong. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, uh, and the Lord is wanting to increase our, our awareness, our sensitivity to spiritual things. To what end? He has something He wants to talk to you about. He has something He wants to do in you and through you. No doubt. And what's likely is we've been looking to the arm of the flesh. We've been thinking in natural terms, and he wants us to think in spiritual terms. He wants us to think spiritually. Listen, if you haven't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, we have these classes. Uh, what do we call those again? Life identity. Holy Spirit, yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit class. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit yet, meaning you've been saved, you haven't, been filled, you haven't done Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. Get up, giddy up in there. We'll do it in this service maybe as we're led, but you know, we don't do it very often in this service. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. If you haven't yet experienced that, oh, the Lord is ready for you. <laughs> and as soon as you're ready, boom, it'll take you up to another level 
it will, it, I tell you, we should engage in spiritual things Amen. as much as possible. Man, why are you going to church again? Because I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm smart. What do, you, do they make you go? What, you can't, you're not going to go to heaven if you don't go to church? It's like, whatever. That's, you're speaking from foolishness. This is not, we're not, we're not under the law. You know, sometimes I, I taught years ago, I was telling people, you know, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do all these things. And I was making a point. Stop trusting in those things for your acceptance by God, your salvation. Stop trusting in your own obedience and your own. Stop doing that. I wasn't actually telling people not to do it. I was just saying you don't have to. And I got a report from this one guy. He, yeah, so-and-so. He decided to stop giving from that point on. He told him, say, our pastor said we don't need to. Well, I didn't, I, yeah, you don't need to, but don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm saying do what you do, if it's the right thing, with a different motive. Right. I am coming to the house of the Lord today to engage with my Father who loves me, with the Spirit of God who indwells me. I believe He wants to be involved in my life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> can anyone sense the spirit of God working in their life today I tell you I do I do strong I'm just going to stop right here well I'm out of time anyway but uh, I didn't realize I was I've got more to say we'll do it later let's just wait for a moment on the Lord Father I pray right now that you would move and manifest your, yourself in people's